to the audio documentary, Leave Britney Alone, a woman created for our consumption, directed by Andy Canaris. Throughout the documentary, you will hear from first co-host of the Eat, Pray, Britney podcast, Jacqueline, then communications director, Nora Drake, co-host of the Eat, Pray, Britney podcast, Lisa, and author and adjunct professor in internet culture and fandom, Zoe Friday Blanar. All other audio was gathered from archival footage and interviews from the 2008 MTV documentary, For the Record. For the record, this documentary was completed as an academic thesis at NYU. Thank you for listening and enjoy. I think there's a perception out there that's not even really me. I think people um, believe what they read and what they hear, and it's not even really the truth. And then I think, you know, it could be a lot worse. You know what I mean? I think to that to myself, there are people out there that have it a lot worse than I do. When I was younger, I was always like, you know, we had no money. Brittany's childhood was very tumultuous. We know that her father was battling alcoholism for most of her adolescence through her teen years and early 20s. We know from her mom that she grew up in a, an environment that was, by all accounts, unhealthy for a child where there were a lot of knockdown, drag out fights. When she was growing up, I know that she was a very talented dancer and singer from a young age and always wanted to perform and had like a drive to perform and a love for performing. We also know that she used performance as an escape from that environment. Everybody has a world that they create around themselves. If I have a lot of nervous energy, you know, when I start dancing, it all goes away and I just feel emotion. It's like a roller coaster, you know. People think that you go through something in your life and you need to go to therapy. For me, art is therapy because it's like you're expressing yourself in such a spiritual way. So I think it was probably something where she grew up very poor in very difficult circumstances and kind of used her talent as a means to move in a different direction with her life. So she started performing sort of locally when she was very young. It's kind of hard for me to assess whether that was all her idea or it seems like it was a shared goal of her, hers and her parents. From what I've read, it sounds like her mom was really the one who was driving her to all of these various lessons and auditions. And her mom was maybe the one who was a little more of a driving force behind her performing career when she was younger. I don't know that her mom was necessarily a stage mom. We don't really get a lot of that from her history at Disney. We don't get a lot of that from her original agents. They don't seem to believe that Lynn had 
a drive. They seem to portray her as someone that was sort of in awe of the situation she found herself in. Entering show business at a young age creeps me out because I think of show business as such a predatory place and such a dangerous place for a child to be. So the fact that her mom seems so willing has always been a bit, I mean, I understand it. Like, I understand why if that's what your child loves, you want them to do that. But the fact that her parents or her mom in particular seemed so willing for her to pursue these dreams, even in maybe some situations that weren't the healthiest for her. From Kentwood, Louisiana, Star Search welcomes 10-year-old Brittany Spears. She, when asked what she would be doing if she wasn't a pop star, she's always answered that she would be a teacher, which of course was what Lynn was before they all got wrapped up in everything. And I think it would be really interesting. Would Brittany have felt just as fulfilled if she was a dance teacher or music teacher? Congratulations. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. All right, we'll see you next week. You're on your way. From everything I've read about Brittany, she's actually an introvert as a person. So I think her personality is not at all what she might portray on stage, or it's a bit contradictory to what her job is or to how she makes money or how she became famous. Being a celebrity requires being an extreme extrovert. Uh, and it helps if the person is reasonably narcissistic. And I don't mean that as a negative thing. Being a narcissist actually protects someone through the rise. It actually would be easier for someone to climb the rungs of a ladder. Having said that, being deeply narcissistic is a difficult way to go through life. While it's true it makes it easier to be a celebrity, if you're not, if you're, if you're just a human trying to do the best you can, it can be difficult for you. Anytime someone signs a record label and enters into a contract with a major company that includes management and public relations, the image is gonna shift, right? Like you're gonna start realizing that you've got a public persona as well as a, perhaps a private persona. If you look at her when she was 13 years old and her hair was brown and natural and she didn't wear much makeup versus just a few years later when her hair was platinum blonde and a lot of makeup and a lot of more provocative outfits. But I also think that that's just kind of an inevitable byproduct of becoming a commodity, you know, your music and your image becoming a commodity that is under contract with a major record label. In terms of how Jive wanted to market her, it's obvious that they just wanted to go with like the teen, sort of bubblegummy, young, queen, love pop. Obviously, she became very popular among young fans, teenage fans. A lot of us do form our strongest fandom connections during our teenage years when literally everything's on the move. You know, we got body parts popping out everywhere. We have questions about what's going to happen in our future. We have very few stable social networks just because everything's all in flux. From my understanding, Jive really leaned into kind of the young sex kitten angle from the beginning with her marketing. Britney Spears' branding was very different than the personas that had been made for, you know, probably 10, 15 years prior to her gave her kind of a, a freshness as a persona, as a celebrity. She was kind of the new Marilyn Monroe, but
But the reason why Marilyn Monroe was so famous, it had nothing to do with her being sexy. There are a lot of sexy people in the world. It was the fact that she was sexy and accessible. And then all of a sudden we have this thing that's brand new. Who is this? Who is this child? Who is this babyish, you know, very submissive, very cute uh, child singing about sexiness? But also it was just different and people pay attention to different. So I think when it comes to how Jive Records marketed Britney, I think it's very interesting how much of the Britney origin story, how much of it gets embellished later and how much of it was the reality at the time. Like the Baby One More Time video where the treatment that supposedly was going to be in space and it was like aliens or something. And Britney thought that was stupid and thought they should do a school because kids would be able to relate more to that. And then the whole thing of tying up her shirt was supposedly her. So this whole thing of like how much Britney is the one that was actually responsible for creative decisions versus how much of it was Jive. I just think it's really funny though that, you know, just by me doing the baby video um, with right. my belly showing or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I love Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, right. but when they're doing all those thrusts on the stage <laughs> and when they're making out with the microphone thing, no one says anything about that. But right, when exactly. I'm just showing a little belly, it's everyone's the like, standard. Ooh. Guys can do you whatever know what they mean? want. And then I think once the Rolling Stone magazine hit, all hell kind of broke loose. She's in pink underwear, lying on a bed, and, you know, is clutching like a, I think it's a Teletubby or like a stuffed animal. I think that was really the image that they were going for from the beginning of her career. And I don't know... I mean, maybe that was her idea because obviously she has great abs and why not show them off? But I, I think that Jive was certainly happy that she had those abs to show off and used it as part of their marketing strategy. There's so much disagreement of whether, like, the record company claims they had no idea that was happening. The photographer says it was Britney that wanted to do it and her parents were mad that it was happening. So the whole idea of, you know, that specific thing, a lot of people associate with the underage but sexy image that it seems like the record company was portraying. Like, it's undeniable that, I mean, we hear in the Rolling Stone articles that I'm talking about, like, they were picking out her outfits and stuff like that. I'm sure that every time they got a piece of coverage that was slightly risque, they probably cut it out and put it on a bulletin board and circled it, you know, with a lot of exclamation points. You don't invite a journalist back if they don't give you the type of coverage you want. This was her brand, whether or not she was actually like that. This is how she was positioned in popular culture. Britney has always embodied these sort of very interesting contradictions throughout her career. I remember that when Britney was a late teen to young adult that she was dating Justin Timberlake and very open about how she was hoping to save herself for marriage. I'm just wondering uh, how you feel about all the constant speculation about your virginity and whether you are a virgin or not. I really wish I would have never said anything to begin with because I'm kind of stuck in this little place where people are always asking me. But, um, you know, that's just something that's part of growing up and that's just something that we all have to deal with, so. Have there been any changes on that front? <laughs> <laughs> that's a personal question. She kind of ran with, oh no, I'm just a pure, sweet, innocent girl, but 
However, I also am putting on the appearance of someone who is like much more sexually experienced than I actually am. You know, one of the concrete images that everyone thinks of when they think of her is her in a sexy Catholic schoolgirl outfit. So those things are kind of diametrically opposed. Are you like a chaste, pure Christian or are you like a kind of naughty schoolgirl? I think that their fear with the marketing was finding the right balance of how they could have their cake and eat it too where you have her out there being the girl next door because that is really the crux of what you're marketing. But you needed to come with the wink and the nod that this young girl is about to grow up and be a full-blown woman. And like that has this appeal to American men and their sensibilities. In fact, they made great pains to not move her from that space until she was much older. She was still playing that card, or her, her managers at least were still playing that card, up until it no longer made sense to play it anymore. At no point was there any attempt to desexualize her as a celebrity brand. It's really weird, the, the audiences, because you see a lot of young little girls out there, and then you'll see like a lot of older guys. It's so funny. I'm like, ooh, ooh. And like, with the, it's kind of scary sometimes though, because like when you go to malls and stuff, little girls are cool, but sometimes you feel a little helpless with the older guys around kind of getting on your nerves. So. You know, looking back on it now, I just feel like, God, she wasn't complicit in that. I really do genuinely feel that though Britney likes to show off her body and is proud of the work that she's accomplished to get her body to look like that, I, I truly don't feel that she is actively trying to court the attention of, of older men. I think this whole thing that regardless of who was making the decisions, Britney was the one that was made to answer for them. You know, looking at the interviews where people are asking Britney, like, do you feel bad that little girls are seeing you dressed this way and all of this? Like, whoever was making those decisions, Britney was the one that was being made to answer for it and made to answer that a whole generation of kids was going to grow up stunted because they saw her in a flesh-colored suit in the VMAs. Madonna as her model, Britney Spears has upset a lot of mothers in this country, starting with the wife of the governor of Maryland, who appeared at an anti-violence rally, and well, listen to what she said. Really, if I had an opportunity to, to shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. Oh, that's horrible. Well, she, that's really bad. Because of the example for kids and how hard it is to be a parent and keep all of this away from your kids. Well, that's really sad that she said that. Ew. You know what, like, I'm not here to, you know, babysit her kids. What's significant about the story of Britney Spears is that she is sort of the internet age celebrity or the first internet age celebrity maybe, where her career trajectory very closely aligns with the rise of the internet the rise of blogs and a hyper focus on celebrity. Britney was a symbol for the whole generation, but in some ways didn't get to experience the normal experimentation and boundary pushing that a typical teenager would get to do. That whole pearl clutching thing, I think, is symbolic of every generation says that this 
generation of teenagers is the worst teenagers to ever grow up. And they're all going to be deranged because of whatever is new for that set of teenagers. You know, of course, for teenagers in the late 90s, it would have been the internet. And, you know, what does that mean? Britney Spears is specifically one of the very last generation of found and groomed celebrities inherent in the big media system that existed up until the early zeros. She probably will remain along with the boy bands of the late 90s as the final generation of celebrities who were found by the studio system. They were groomed by the studio system. They were given personalities. They were given relationships and lifestyles and taught how to speak. I was someone who was very invested in her being with Justin Timberlake because I came of age at the perfect time for them to seem like the perfect dream couple, the like, you know, the Prince of Pop and the Princess of Pop getting together. With Justin, he was a part of the, the magnitude of what I'd become. So then when he was gone, I was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Do you know what I mean? I, and I was so young, I didn't know, and I was really famous. I would go out just to keep my mind busy, just to keep going, you know what I mean? Just to keep myself, you know, so I became like just a goer, a real busy girl. A party girl. Party girl. I feel like I um, handled the breakup, well I was devastated, but I handled it a lot better than the one with Kevin. What did I think of her relationship with Kevin Federline? I I knew it was trouble from the beginning and I was very young. So that is sort of why it's funny to me to think about this now. Like I'm in my late or early teens at the time that she is dating this guy. And I'm like, oh my God, Brittany, I know you're going to marry him. This is going to be fucking terrible. That's my thing. When I really love somebody, I really love somebody. Like I give my all. I can't get enough. It's just something that you could see the direction that this was headed in. And I think the only person that couldn't was Brittany. And it's a shame because she did seem to desire stability and happiness. And she picked someone that was just not in the right state of mind to give her that. How did he propose? Can I ask that? Or is that too much? Am I being noticed? I proposed. You proposed? Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> and and uh, did he say yes right away? Not right away. No? <laughs> yeah, because it didn't look like he wanted to get married. He said love is love, and that's a commitment enough. And, Actually, right? I was a little rejected at first. I uh -oh. kind of got slapped down. No, I told her, I'll, you know, I told her that it's not right for the woman to ask the man. The man's supposed to get on one knee uh -huh. and do it all right and this uh -huh. and that. And whatever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly. Whatever. The general public saw Brittany and Kevin Federline together and saw someone who was taking advantage of a very wealthy and very naive young woman. There was kind of this like dirtbag quality to him. He was certainly portrayed as this kind of guy who never had a real job, who hooked up with Britney and was going to, you know, be like a house husband, basically, or, or never like really contribute anything and just kind of mooch off her for the rest of his life. 
that kind of played into the whole story that Brittany was falling from grace in some way and that Kevin and the way that Brittany was around Kevin didn't really fit with the way that the public was used to seeing her expected to see her at the time it was like oh you know Brittany's not wearing shoes when she's at a gas station or she's not wearing a bra or you know whatever was going on the narrative was Kevin was kind of dragging her down and in that you know some of that definitely is true for sure but I think some of it's just Brittany was letting loose for like the first time ever. And that was then being attributed to Kevin's making her white trash. The media sort of started to portray her as like a dumb redneck who didn't know what she was doing or this uneducated country girl who was being taken advantage of. American culture does traditionally have trouble with gray areas, especially when dealing with women how it is. We do have trouble with someone who we like some of their actions but not others. It is very easy for any sort of culture with a puritanical or religious background as American culture does. It can be difficult for people to accept that you like some aspects of someone's personality and not others or even that someone changes, that people have the right to change. I think if there's something specifically American in the way that opinion of Britney Spears had shifted over the years. It might be how quickly people flip-flop uh, between the two, just because being a fan very much is that feeling of a private club. You're either in or you're out. It's very hard to be, oh, I kind of like her stuff, and, and you kind of don't. It was the first major choice that she made that the public at large didn't seem to agree with or seem to be suspicious of. And the more she leaned into it by staying married to him and having kids with him, it's like she lost some, some favor in the public's eyes. When it comes to Brittany being a mother, she was very young at the time that she gave birth and people were kind of perplexed as to why someone so young would want kids so early in her position when she was still riding high on a lot of success. At the same time, nobody seems surprised because she does come from a culture in the South. People do tend to become moms at a much younger age in the South. So I feel like people weren't necessarily surprised, but it was just kind of this, is she really ready for this? Is this really the right move for her? I think it's obvious from Brittany's interviews, even from when she's very young, that she wanted to recreate a family life, maybe that she didn't feel was the most stable. And so she decides to do this very young because she, her mother also had kids very young and she felt like it was fun to have a young mom. And so this was something that she wanted to repeat. It was a part of the mimicking of what she saw and a, a testament to how close her relationship is with her mom that she felt this was something that wouldn't overwhelm her and I think in some ways would ground her. Certainly, she was young and seemed to be very, very in love with Kevin Federline in a way that she almost had blinders on and wasn't really aware of what else was going on around her. I think I'm married for the wrong reasons instead of, and then that led me, instead of following my heart and like doing something that made me really happy, I just did it because for the sake of the idea of everything. And um, it just led me on a weird path. The coverage of her being a mom quickly turned into being very, very judgmental of her parenting skills and abilities. 
in some cases, obviously, where the situation where Sean Preston was on her lap driving, that is one where it makes sense to have a really negative and strong reaction where you're putting a child's safety at risk. In other situations, like where she was photographed tripping on a curb and, you know, she almost dropped him, but it's obvious he's secure in her arms. You know, one-year-olds are going to be kind of squirmy. A lot of people took great joy criticizing her as a mother because they felt like she was too young. And so it all sort of comes together in this circle of judgment, basically. I'm still dismayed and shocked by the amount of attention she got with those kids. The fact that the paparazzi really wouldn't leave her alone. I mean, I remember her like carrying them into and out of restaurants. I remember her tripping one time because so many paparazzi were surrounding her and she had her son in her arms. They wouldn't leave her alone. Most celebrities have like three or four people on them. And they can usually get their stroller out and like walk their kids to the supermarket. I can't go anywhere with my kids. And I just remember like the hunger for paparazzi photos of those kids. Back up. Back up. Back up, back up guys. Back up guys. Being disproportionate to me and being like just alarming really. She was held to this completely unfair standard. And actually I would say most famous women who become mothers are held to a, a much higher unfair standard than those of us who are not in the public eye. The Matt Lauer interview stands out is one of the most inappropriate. He's openly trying to get her to cry and shaming her throughout this whole interview and talking about, you know, the public's perception that she's a bad mother and all of these things. And it just, it really is cruel. Did Britney record a bad song? Mm -hmm. Is Britney wearing a bad outfit? Is Britney in a bad marriage? Yeah. Is Britney a bad mom? Mm -hmm. I mean, That's America for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. as a mother, that has to hit pretty close to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes you really strong. Make you weep? Oh, I've wept. Yeah. I've definitely wept just with the world, you know, how judgmental they are. You know what? I know I'm a good mom. What do you think it'll take to get the paparazzi to leave you alone? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is that one of your biggest wishes? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I would like for them to leave me alone. Then as her relationship with Kevin disintegrated, around that time is when she started, you know, having mental health issues out in public places. I built my dream home in Malibu, a huge house and the, the pool and the huge yard for the kids. And I did everything for them. And just my world was that. I didn't want to really think about the reality of it. It was like, I'm okay. You know what I mean? I can do this. It's gonna be okay. I never really faced it, and I just ran. Then the media was completely fascinated with her, right? And they wouldn't leave her alone. 
Britney at that time was so pursued by the paparazzi and was so visible. And I think obviously there's been many other celebrities and obviously many regular people who have struggled privately, but because the media landscape was changing and blogs were really taking over, you could conceivably see what Britney was doing at any time of the day through paparazzi photos posted on blogs like daily. So the fact that you were seeing this person so often and seeing them seemingly acting wild, meaning going all around on these paparazzi chases, going in and out of gas stations or CVSs or whatever, wearing wigs, talking in British accents, in full view of the cameras, it really did feel very shocking. America kind of revels in watching someone's downfall. There was sort of this gleeful coverage at the time of wow, look at how far she's fallen. Look at look at what's happened to our perfect little pop princess. But I also think people cared at the time so much because they couldn't quite figure out what was wrong with her, or they didn't really maybe know how serious it was at the time. Maybe I had traumatic stress, or I don't know what how I dealt with it really, but I just remember I did not want to be at home because like my babies represented home. That was my home with them. And every time I went home, it was like, oh God, I can't be here. So when I was in my car and when I was driving, I was going somewhere. Being a celebrity entails picking a larger-than-life version of yourself, a character version of yourself to play, and the world is your stage. And it has to be so. We can't be ourselves all the time. We can't publish every single picture of us picking our nose or going to the bathroom. We have to pick and choose what elements of our personality we're willing to share and which elements we want to keep private. When the personality, when the character that we're trying to play as a celebrity is too difficult to maintain all the time, that's where we start getting breakdowns. Uh, whether that means that it's a, a personality too far from the person's actual personality and they simply can't stay in character enough, or it might be that it's a personality that just has too much frontierism. Frontierism is borderline dangerous behavior that's engaged in to intrigue the public, to increase those feelings of intimacy, uh, to let people voyeuristically live a larger-than-life uh, experience, but that's very difficult to maintain. So overspending of money or uh, substance abuse or unhealthy relationships or, or constant partying. It's these frontier-like activities, just to say they're activities that take place kind of on the very edge of what's acceptable human behavior, the frontier of human behavior. It's tough to know exactly where the breaking point with Britney came, but it may have been a combination of all of these things. Frontier-like behavior simply can't be maintained in a long-term period, and especially if that frontier-like behavior is a core part of your brand, it's doomed to failure sooner or later. Humans just weren't meant to live that way. We will turn now to a story that is burning up the internet. Absolutely. It's burning up the water cooler talk. It's Everybody's just burning this morning. It. Yes. Britney Spears. She's bald. 
Uh, we've got this photo now from the X17online.com, and it appears to show the pop star shaving her own head. May we have a moment of silence right here. I think the reason people cared about Britney shaving her head was because they had never seen something like this happen with a star of her caliber. And we've seen troubled child stars before, but to take this sort of extreme action and do it so publicly was, I think, the part that really got people so up in arms. I think watching someone do that to themselves and doing it totally shamelessly, which I always thought was a great thing about it, actually. Um, I think that it it messes with people. It messes with, you know, the normal mom that is going to the PTA meetings every day and is like screaming internally because now you're seeing somebody sort of act out this fantasy that you've had of just saying, fuck it, basically. And I think there are so many people that, have had breakdowns before but have never really crossed that line and so it forces you to look inward I think of what could push you to that level of distress. The action of reclaiming her look I believe is almost certainly shocking to an audience of people who were using her for their own identity purposes. If I say I'm a fan of Britney Spears that comes with a very specific set of statements about what you like, what you're into, how you see yourself. If Britney Spears is suddenly someone who's willing to shave her head, that changes a little bit who you are as a fan. The fan object has changed and you have to decide if it's still part of you. Is it part of the image of yourself you're willing to put off into the world? Is it part of how you consider yourself? Am I the type of person who would be fans of a lady who is willing to shave her head? When you look back at the whole shaving of the head thing and all the rest of it, what provoked you to do that? Like I was going through so much artificial stuff with my kids and with Kevin and all that stuff at the time and he just left me and I was devastated, you know? And um, people thought that it was me like uh, going crazy and stuff like that, but people shave their heads all the time, you know? But I mean, I was going through a lot, but it was just kind of like me just feeling a form of a little bit of rebellion or feeling free or, you know, shedding stuff that had happened, you know. Why did you not tell anyone that's what you were doing? Did huh? you, why did you not tell anyone that's what you were doing? I don't think it was anyone's business, really. Still, I think the head shaving incident is seen as something to be mocked or that isn't fully understood, but I think a lot of people now see that as something that brings them strength because you're seeing somebody who is just done with caring and has no more cares to give. And this is someone who at you know one time was considered the most desirable and sexiest and most beautiful person in the world who is taking one of the physical manifestations of their looks, their hair, and is just like, nope, I'm not doing that for you anymore. You're not getting that from me anymore. But I think there's a lot of people who in their own mental health struggles really look to Britney as a source of strength because this is somebody who struggled publicly, who, you know, everything wasn't perfect. 
that you saw them really going through it in front of everyone, that moment has become such a touchstone when you talk about how people view their own mental health and how they relate it back to her, her very public struggle. Celebrities are different as fan objects. They've often been referred to as a pseudo-human event, which means they're not exactly human. They're a combination of opinions and actions and sponsorships. Licensing deals and branding and styling and an entourage and the work they've done and the art they've produced. Somewhere swimming in that mix, there might be a human being. Or they might not. There's plenty of celebrities out there that aren't human at all. Banksy, is that a human? Is it a, an entire organization? Is it a baton that gets passed down? actually matter. Some of our biggest celebrities have no human at all. When you have a celebrity who actually does in fact have a human floating in there, things get complicated quickly, especially if they're around for long enough to act like a real human being. A lot of people of my generation feel this urge to protect her and like whatever happens in her life, whatever fashion choices she makes, whatever life choices she makes, we just feel this kind of tenderness toward her because really we've been watching her grow up and we've been growing up with her. She's really symbolic of the America that I grew up in that was like this post 9-11, like really uncertain world, had a lot going on in, in, in politics and also just a lot of growth really quickly in terms of how we have conversations about women. Britney Spears continues to be one of the most misunderstood celebrities of our time. The symbolism she has in terms of so many changing things of technology and the media landscape, the way that we talk about women, the way that we talk about mental illness. I think she's so culturally significant and just personally, you know, she's somebody who has brought me so much joy in my life. And, you know, we were kind of in that target audience of who she would have been marketed towards and the fact that you know her songs are the soundtrack of so much of my childhood and teen years. I feel very lucky that Britney was my role model. I feel like she has given us, those of us who are fans of hers or who are interested in her, like she's given us so much and I just hope that eventually we are able to kind of pay that back in whatever way would be most beneficial to her. And if that's like leaving her alone forever, then 
I understand that. If that's supporting her music more or supporting whatever her next endeavor is, I understand that too. Brittany is the type of subject that's worth writing about and worth exploring more in depth. She really has had such an important impact on so many people and represents just a lot of different aspects of of media, of celebrity and pop culture in a way that I think that other icons don't quite hit those same notes. Britney Spears is America, you know what I mean? She is one embodiment of a more non-traditional American dream, which is the dream to come from absolutely nowhere and become the most famous person in the world. She's like a perfect example of that. She didn't get where she is today through nepotism or through having a lot of connections. She got where she is through like hard work, talent, and I mean, really good marketing, honestly. But like, what is America if not, <laughs> if not a combination of, of hard work, natural skill, and just really good PR around you to sell whatever it is that you're selling? We're coming to the end of our time together. And what I would like to ask you is, what do you want people to take away from this? Just that I'm just like them. I love what I do. I love my babies and I work really hard.